the University of Essex podcast, your non-stop shop to learn about our research, hear genuine student experiences, and to get all your questions answered. Welcome to Understanding University, the ultimate uni podcast. My name is Karina and I'm a collaborative outreach assistant at the University of Essex and I work closely with our Aspire and Aspire Higher programmes. And my name is Katie and I work for the outreach team alongside Karina at the university. If you have any questions about any topics we discuss, please use the hashtag UniUni on Twitter or you can email outreach at essex.ac.uk. Going to university can be a big step up from college or sixth form. You'll experience things you'll never had the opportunity to do before and you'll meet a variety of different people and take on new responsibilities. Whilst adapting to your new university lifestyle, it's important to remember how to keep safe in a new environment, especially when moving away from home. Every university also offers a range of facilities to support students. So in this episode, we'll also cover what support students can get access to at university. Today, we are joined by Vinosh, who works at the University of Essex. Um, I think what I'll do is just let you introduce yourself. Go ahead. Thank you very much, Katie. My name is Vinosh. I'm the Vice President of Welfare at the Essex Students' Union. So my role primarily is to represent student welfare interests across the three campuses. So I work closely with our student wellbeing and inclusivity service at the university to ensure that the service are meeting the demands of our students on campus. Thank you. Um, and would you mind just sharing a bit about your studies as well? Because I'm aware that you, you did your studies at the University of Essex as well. So that'd be great for our listeners to know. Yes, absolutely. Yep. So I started my law degree with the foundation program in 2016 and I graduated actually in July 2020. So it's been just under a year in two months that I've graduated from my undergraduate degree. Um, during my time at degree, I worked at the SU Kitchen, um, which primarily employs student staff, which was a very, very interesting period of my life. It was a very fun, exciting um, first part time job that I ever had. Um, I was also fortunate enough to be involved in the Essex Law Clinic, where we helped um, students, well, essentially members of the public as well, to gain exposure into working um, in, within a legal setting. And we, we offered help to a lot of our community members, which is really good. And in the last year before I graduated, I was very, very lucky to grab a frontrunner position for the family law division of the clinic, which was a very eye-opening experience as well. So that that kind of sums up my great Essex experience. Um, but yeah. Oh, wow, that's amazing. So do you think these opportunities that you had whilst you were studying helped you to get into this role now? Absolutely. I think the skills in particular that I that I acquired from 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 doing these experiences has been invaluable in any other you know, in every setting of, of my life. I found it to be very useful, especially in the line of work that I'm doing at the moment which has a lot to do with safeguarding and welfare aspects of students and kind of thinking back about all of the, you know, the, the nice experiences and the not so nice experiences has really kind of developed me in the sense to, to understand how to deal with a situation holistically and kind of see the bigger picture in, in a lot of ways. So absolutely. Definitely. Thank you so much for that. Um, and just to provide our listeners with a bit more information, um, could you tell us what SU Advice is and what they do? Yeah, absolutely. So I work quite closely with SU Advice. Um, SU Advice is basically an impartial, free and confidential service that the Student Union provides 
Um, we help students in a range of issues. They can come to us. We are the first point of contact in any issue. Um, we primarily help students um, when it comes to academic appeals or conduct procedures, fitness to practice, immigration, housing, money, you name it, we are the first point of contact for it. Um, but what we do is we try to ensure that students have the right information in order to access the services that they need. So it could be that a student is looking for well-being and inclusivity services. Now, because SU Advice is prominently on Square 3, students usually rock up to SU Advice and you know we're able to kind of guide them through the options that they have at that point of time. So if we feel that a referral is the best thing to do, we'll refer them to a university service. If not, we'll try to help them in-house as much as we can to prepare them for, for whichever assistance that they need. Health is something that um, is very important to talk about. And um, I know that SU Advice can provide support in terms of well-being or, or, or know how to um, or who to refer students on to. Um, and... I just want to say to our listeners that it's not just mental health, physical health as well. They're both just as important to each other. And we're very lucky to have a huge variety of support um, and uh, even at university as well. And I just wondered, Vinosh, if you could just um, sort of share with our listeners what support do we have um, when it comes to health? Absolutely. I think you touched on something very important, Katie. When we talk about health, a lot of people automatically assume that we're talking about mental health. And surprisingly enough, a lot of students think that, you know, mental health is a particular conception about something. And what we've been trying to do this particular year is to really improve those conversations around mental health, where we're saying to students, look, everyone has mental health. It's a spectrum. You know, there can be good days, there can be bad days. How do we work with the student to ensure that they have the support that they need um, when they're not having such good days? And when they're having great days, how do we celebrate that? So when it comes to support services through mental health, we usually refer students to the Student Wellbeing Inclusivity Service, where they can have a more tailored support to meet their individual needs. Because when we talk about mental health, we're talking about a wide range of things. We're talking about various different issues and very different things that are um, influencing people and how they feel about their mental health. So referring them is kind of our first point of option when they usually come to SU Advice. Because one of the things that I would like the listeners to know is that, you know, our SU Advice um, staff members aren't trained counsellors, therapists or psychologists. So we want to ensure that our students get the best support that they need, which is why we do the referrals um, at the first point of contact if we're unable to help them. If not, we work with local services. We've got services such as CARA um, and, you know, various, various support services such as Samaritans as well where we speak to, to, to members of, of the public and public organisations where they can um, give more tailored support in that sense. Thank you for that, Vinosh. And thank you also for signposting to those resources. Um, students can look into those now and also in the future if they need them. So we also have um, an on-campus um, GP, so students can see a doctor or a nurse whilst they're at university and I think sometimes this is something that just gets forgotten about especially if you don't go to the doctors that often when you go to university and you, and you have an issue that requires seeing a doctor 
students are advised to register, aren't they, for um, for their local GP, which will, will become their local GP when they um, move to university. But wh- why is this so important and, and how can students go through this registration process? I think a lot of students, you know, especially when we look from an international perspective, a lot of students... Um, sometimes come from countries where healthcare is, you know, meant to, is privatized essentially. And kind of breaking that stigma around being able to register with a GP is something that, you know, we, we try to push year in and year out. I think it's because sometimes I feel it's because the GP is hidden slightly tucked away so students know where it generally is. But very often with healthcare services, students tend not to access it until they need it. So I think there's a lot of work that can do that we can do essentially in the promotion of the GP services. I think it's also important to highlight that counselling is available as well at the university. I think a lot, you know, a lot of students fall into the trap of thinking that they have to pay out of their pocket when actually there is a service that the university provides, and it's it's very often about just being a lot more visible to our community. One of the things that's really happened when we are, you know, kind of a, an, an online world is that if you don't seek the information, you won't have it because it's, it's not on a flyer, you know, when you pass by to a classroom or it's not something that you hear a lecturer kind of say in the, in the off tone of a physical lecture room. So I think a lot of the work genuinely is about promoting and telling students that the services are here for them and for them to use, to utilize and, and really support them when they need it. Definitely. And um, obviously, we really hope that our listeners uh, that listen to this episode will um, be able to find out this information that we're sharing today. And then they'll feel hopefully a bit more prepared for university when that situation does arise. So, yeah, you're you're totally right. Um, do you think that mental health support at universities has become more accessible? And, and how do you think mental health support at university will develop in the future? I would say yes and no, actually. Um, when it comes to mental health, I think in terms of accessibility, yes, because we have moved to an online world where we see that people are able to deliver provisions online. We're talking about drop-in services, counselling. GPs even can Zoom call you these days and be like, right, tell me your diagnosis. Um, and it's really good because we, we're able to connect a lot more. I would say no, simply because technological barriers are a real thing. So we're talking about, you know, how are we actually, I think as people, sometimes we do take for granted that we do have a laptop or a communication device that we can communicate with. It's about understanding the other person's perception of it as well to see, you know, how are they accessing the services? How are we ensuring that they have access to the services as well? Um, so I would say yes and no. But on a general scale, Katie, I would say yes. I am glad to see that we're able to reach a lot more people than we did before. And we're seeing it across the sector. There's a lot more engagement and involvement from people coming forward before things get too bad or things become unmanageable. And that's what we really want. We want students to be confident enough to approach our services to say, look, I think I've got a problem or I've got an issue or I've got matter. Or, you know, I'm just not feeling too great. I just want to have a chat with you. And that's what we want. We want them to come through the door early and just be like, right, let's work together to sort out this issue for you, with you. Um, Could you repeat your second part of the question as well, Katie? 
Yeah, of course. Um, and I was just going to add on to what you were saying just then about some students um, obviously preempt these worries and and they think, oh, there's going to be no one there. Like, if what if what if this happens? Or um, and and so just you saying then about you can just pop in. Like, if you have a worry or if there's something on your mind, you you can just pop in and ask. And there are people there to support you. So yeah, thank you for mentioning that. So um, my other question was, how do you think that mental health support at university will develop in the future? I think, yes, thank you for that. I think it just slipped my mind, yeah. Um, I think the development of the, of the service delivery is going to be really good. I'm very optimistic about it simply because COVID-19, essentially what it did was it made us all press the pause button every aspect of our life because we were never able to do the same things that we did before. And by doing that, we were essentially forced to rethink the foundation of everything that we do. And that is a very scary thing on a usual day, but in a COVID-19 day, like there's no option, you had to do it. So it's really forced service deliverers to rethink how their main outlet of service delivery is. And that is great because I think before this, one of the troubles of having the conversation before this was always, oh, there's not enough time. There's just too much work. But now this is your work. If you don't put in the groundwork for it, you, you won't be able to carry out your services. So in that sense, I think people will be a lot more innovative in kind of delivering their services and to make sure that it reflects and is accessible to everyone because technology has tapped in a way larger market. I, I would confidently say engagement across the sector has increased by triple falls. Um, and that's good because that's what we've always wanted. And now it's really about utilizing the online platform and how we make it more interactive, how we make it more accessible for people. How do we make the quality of the information we give a lot more useful to people? Um, so I think it, it's developing in the right direction and a good direction that we all have prayed for and needed for such a long time. I was just going to ask another question to follow on from that, because I think you raised really, really, really good points there. Um, but just to go back a little while, we sort of mentioned that obviously students shouldn't be afraid to sort of just go forward, come ahead, speak about anything that's on their mind to sort of start dealing with it as soon as possible. And I think there's always a big misconception on what's quote unquote important and what's quote unquote not so important. So I just wanted for our listeners, for us to now discuss the sort of what kind of support might a first year student want to seek help on? What are the sort of topic areas that you've come across that students may sometimes think, oh no, this is just going to be a waste of time sort of thing? Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's really important that you raise that, Karina, because I think there is, you know, when you're a first-year student, kind of thinking back to my own time as a first-year student, and I appreciate this might be four years ago, but as we say, some problems never get old. And I think with first-year students, that's truly the case. Um, we're all, when when first-year students come to university, they, you know, each department wants to ensure that the student knows that they are there. So they're consistently being given information, leaflets, pamphlets, you know, and it's great that they have all that information. But, you know, kind of looking back as the first year student, I had to put it aside and kind of do it as bed bedtime reading one by one because there was a lot of information. My one tip to first year students is, A, honestly, get to know the support services. Get to know the support services because no matter what you think or what you feel, by knowing where to find SU advice in Swiss, 
when the problem starts or you're not feeling that great, you know where to go. Because essentially, when you are a first-year student, very often it's the first time you're moving away from home. You could be an international student. It's the first time you're in a foreign country. And, and the feelings and emotions that come around that time are very sensitive. Your first two weeks of uni experience will really shape how you view your life, your course, your, you know, your friendship circles, your social circles. So I would really recommend that you familiarize yourself with the support services in order to ensure that you know where to go if you're having difficulties, essentially. Um, but yeah, that, that would be my top tip for first-year students. Familiarize yourself with everything. Don't be afraid of, of going to a service that you think might not be appropriate for you. It's fine. Go to the service and they'll refer you to the appropriate service. And that's how you learn. Mistakes are, are the beautiful thing about being at universities. You can make all the mistakes you want and you'll still learn from it. So do it. It's the, it's, I feel like some very often, unless you want to go into a master's and PhD or undergraduate, it's where you can make a lot of mistakes and you learn from them. Yeah, definitely. And um, you were just saying um, about um, just ask ask anyone because they'll be able to point you in the right direction. And I'm just thinking, well, you get to, you get to talk to loads of people, and you might even make some friends out of it. Um, meeting other students in the same similar situation, you go, oh, do you know where you need to go? No, I don't. Let's find it together. So um, yeah, that's definitely something that'd be really nice. You mentioned Swiss, and I just thought for our listeners, it'd be great if you could just give a little. Um, definition of what what you mean by Swiss yes, absolutely I think sometimes when you're at university you use so many lingos that you forget and sometimes I've, I've had conversations where I've referred to Swiss to um, external people outside the university and they've looked at me I was like oh we didn't know you had a whole dealing with an entire the country and I was like no 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 <laughs> that is that is not what I meant um, Swiss is the student well-being inclusivity service that the university has so Kind of the, the SU Advice and um, Student Wellbeing Inclusivity Service, which I aforementioned from here on out, will mention as Swiss. <laughs> um, Swiss and SU Advice work quite closely. And Swiss is, the best way I could describe it is that Swiss gets into the nitty gritty work that um, we aren't able to provide at SU Advice. So their drop-in service is one of the primary examples. They've got trained individuals who are able to help students to talk about their feelings and whatever issues they're facing and signpost them appropriately. They've also got the counseling service there where the referrals are made, where um, uh, you know staff essentially decide whether um, someone is appropriate for counseling, whether it's the right route for them or not. It's also the place where they discuss about disabled students' allowances grants. So if students who are disabled um, need help in terms of accessing their disabled students' allowances grant or just want to know about the process and whether they qualify, that's kind of the first point of contact that they go into. Thank you very much for that. Um, and just before we start to sort of wrap things up, I wanted to uh, sort of bring our listeners' attention to the general safety on campus. Um, so what are some of the great aspects of the University of Essex, as an example, to provide safety and support for students? Yeah. So I think when we talk about health and safety, we're talking about a lot of things where we're, you know, we're talking about health and safety in a social aspect. You know, if, if you, you know, if, if, if you're feeling unsafe, then we've got security, which is 24 hours. Um, they are able to very often help with on-campus issues um, where, you know, if there's a fight breaking out or you're feeling unsafe, then that's kind of security, you know, you're able to go and contact them. They're right off on square three, um, which 
all of our listeners, potential students will be able to come and visit um, soon. We've also got, um, we've, we, we, we try to ensure that we create a safe environment, essentially, when it comes to health and safety. Even when it comes to learning, you know, health and safety covers students being able to access a lecture facility. So, you know, kind of working from my perspective, at least kind of working with the university to ensure that students have access to all places. That's kind of a primary aspect of health and safety. So, you know, it's, it's I think when we talk about health and safety, narrowing it down is allowing us to kind of look at the particular aspects of it. You know, one of the questions I always ask is very simple. I go to a student and I say, what can we do to support you? What is making you feel, um, you know, not as confident to access our services, but it's making you feel, you know, you feel that it's not appropriate to access a service. And that's where we build a conversation from. Tailoring health and safety is one of the most important things. We've got general health and safety, where we're talking about protecting you and protecting me. We've got computer safety. We've got fire safety. Yes, that all makes sense from a staffing perspective. But from a student's perspective, we're talking about how we create elements that will give them the confidence to know, look, I'm not worried about going into this particular place or accessing this particular store because I am equal. The, the, the footing of, of the experience is equal. And that's what we try to achieve in health and safety. Definitely. And I really agree with that. One of the things that I actually got to see happen in that student voice sort of being taken and things being changed while I was at university was um, the library access changing to 24 hours. So it gives more availability for students to go and have a safe space to study, revise, access books. Um, there's also other great examples of things like this include um, the Silbrad Student Centre, which is accessible 24 hours as well. We have have student support, SU advice. Um, there's a service called Nightline as well, uh, which works over nighttime. So whether you're stressed about an exam or you just feel really bad after a night out, you can always go to them, have a cup of tea, have a quick chat. Um, and even our multi-faith chaplaincy as well, which offers um, a space for reflection, socialization as well, um, and sort of time for yourself. Um, thank you for that. Um, my last question of the day is going to be um, sort of to all of us. Um, I will let you start this off, Vinny, but could you provide a top tip for future students um, to sort of help them feel prepared for university? I think one of the top tips I would genuinely recommend is just asking questions. It's as simple as that. And it can be one of the hardest things to ever do. Um, and it's one of the easiest things to ever do as well. When you enter, you know, when, you know, when you enter university setting, you are essentially entering a whole new world. You know, it's an exciting experience. It's a very scary experience. It's a nervous, nerve-wracking experience. But your experience is what you make of it. You know, it's, you know, it's the one place where you can get to reinvent yourself. You can be whoever you want to be at university. And I would, you know, genuinely, even with the nerves kind of coming in, one of the things I always tell students is, don't be afraid to just go out, ask the questions, you know, 
go and speak to that stranger that you think, you know, you and they could get along, you know, don't, don't ever worry about the perception of other people around you because everyone is feeling the same way. Everyone is feeling self-conscious. Everyone is feeling nervous. You're not separate from the herd and, but you are individual from the herd. So just do it. That's my one top tip I would give. Don't, don't have any regrets. Just go out and do it all. <laughs> that is an amazing, amazing tip. Thank you so much. Um, you, my tip would just be that you'll, again, meet lots of new people and try out new and exciting activities. Um, so just to sort of ensure you're safe, remember to think safe. So some of the examples would include always having a buddy with you if you have to go anywhere later in the evenings or having taxis booked in advance so you don't get stranded anywhere, um, staying with your group of friends on nights out or even having a panic alarm handy in a case of emergencies. So that would be mine. Um, I feel like I'm not going to have something as... Um, as as incredible as you guys with those words of wisdom but um i know that um if you're particularly feeling nervous about meeting your new flatmates um a good icebreaker would be to bring some cookies or brownies or something because everyone loves a little sweet treat and um, it'll get a good conversation going and then maybe you'll even do some baking together in the future so yeah that's my little my little treat for you guys <laughs> No, you know, touching a bit on what Katie said, just to ensure that it's health and safety compliant, just make sure you check your friend's dietary requirements, i.e. your gluten-free's and your vegans, just to make sure, because you want to have, <laughs> you want to have a safe, fun time with your friends. <laughs> Yes, thank you so much, Vinny. And thank you so much for all of your um, words of wisdom today and your um, information about the support that that um, the University of Essex provide. And also just for our listeners as well, that although we have talked about some services that the University of Essex offer, there'll be plenty of um, very similar services at other universities as well. So when you're doing that, that really important research, um, do check out what is available. Um, thank you again, um, Vinash. It's been lovely having you here. Thank you very much for having me, Katie and Karina. It's been a pleasure speaking to you both about this very important topic and I will speak to you soon. Thanks. Bye. So after our fantastic discussion with Vinash, Karina and I are now just going to cover some other areas that we feel are important for students to be aware of. Um, and this also includes specific support for students with disabilities. So Vinosh did mention the Disability Students Allowance um, and the other services that universities can provide include academic support, um, they can provide advice on um, accessible transport. Um, so when you're doing your research, do have a look at the facilities on offer. Um, you can even have a chat with the su student support team and see if you can have a view of some specific accommodation or even potentially get a private tour of, of the campus. Um, they'll, they can provide you with more specific information about the services available um, and you could talk to them about any additional equipment that you might need to. Um, at Essex, we have specific mentors that that can be assigned to you. And um, so if you would like that, you can inquire about that too. Um, and just another reminder about the Disabled Students Allowance that if you think you're eligible, do check it out because that's additional funding that can be um, that you can use to support you whilst you're at university. 
Um, we also want to mention, it might seem really random, but the use of fire alarms and, and drills. So they will happen. They, they do have them at university, um, but you will be informed and briefed on the university's expectations. So it's not something that you have to necessarily worry about. You would just need to follow the protocol like, like you do at school or college now. Um, but we just thought that that might be something we would mention in this episode. Um, another quick little thing is um, something you might want to think about. It's down to personal preference, but if you wanted to get insurance to cover your belongings, um, that is something that you can look into as well. Those are really good points. Thank you so much, Katie. I just wanted to say to all of our listeners that remember that university will be a new experience. So be sure to get involved and be open minded. But don't forget that it is important to look after yourself mentally and physically. For more information, you can take a look at the Know Before You Go guide created by Student Minds. It's a really handy PDF that you can take a look at to help navigate your way through your university life. Uh, we'll make sure that this is accessible on our schools and colleges webpage. Um, university is also offer a variety of support systems like we mentioned earlier so do check them out when you're doing your research if you have any questions about this episode don't forget to send them in via twitter using the hashtag understanding uni or send an email to outreach at essex.ac.uk additional resources will be posted on our website and sent to you via email if you're a registered listener thank you for listening to today's episode don't forget to share with your family friends and colleagues the University of Essex podcast. Research, experience and information.